Hey everybody and welcome to part eight of the Metric Minute brought to you by Vault Performance. I'm Kareem Jakawi and today we'll examine the overall eccentric phase. This episode is a little denser but understanding the concepts will really pay off. So let's go. A counter movement jump always starts with the athlete standing upright at zero velocity. This gentleman has a mass that's being pulled down by gravity to constant force. In this case, a thousand newtons or roughly 225 pounds. Since he's pushing into the ground with an equal but opposite force, they're in balance and he stands still. To initiate his descent for the jump, he pulls away from the ground slightly and coils downward. Doing so changes the force balance like a seesaw. Since gravity is now larger, he accelerates downward. He will continue to accelerate downward until he passes this point of maximum eccentric velocity. His force output increases over time and decelerates his body until he's at zero velocity again, but this time at the bottom of his squat. He started at zero velocity, went into impulse debt to build speed, then had to go above and beyond body weight to return to zero velocity. However, he's now loaded elastically and ready to triple extend. These two impulses will always be equal. To summarize these concepts, a powerful explosive athlete will display an aggressive unloading phase, which will require them to hit the brakes hard and fast. This check mark is highly beneficial because they can achieve huge forces at zero velocity in minimal time, both of which are desirable athletic traits we discussed in previous episodes. Now this drawn out approach here appears in numerous situations, including heavier athletes who smartly choose to avoid exponential spikes in force, those who don't have sufficient braking power or strength to handle high rates of force development, as well as injured or perhaps fatigued individuals. There are other concepts to discuss, but this is a great starting point. Tune in next time to learn more about the connection between the eccentric and concentric phases. Until then, please feel free to reach out to myself or any of my colleagues at Vald. Thank you. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some awesome practitioners who are always trying to evolve and continue to grow professionally throughout their career. The problem with many of us, though, is finding a new outlet, a new way and a new perspective on the questions that we may have, whether it be programming, whether it be situational with dealing with coaches, or whether it be career advice. Because all too often what happens is we get stuck in with the same group of friends and the same group of colleagues that we reach out to for advice repeatedly over and over again. But what we should really be looking for is different perspectives, different people who have been through different situations who can help us make better decisions both for ourselves and our athletes. And one awesome place to start with that is the forums in the Strength Coach Network. In the forums in the Strength Coach Network, you'll be able to reach out and get feedback, input, and advice from coaches from all over the world from everything from career advice to training modalities to programming, there's people there just for the same reason as you are, to try to get better, to learn, to share information, and to grow the field of strength and conditioning. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash c-v-a-s-p-s to dive into all that great content today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. And this week, I'd kind of like to get back to the roots of My Thoughts Monday and talk a little bit about training and talk about kind of the decision-making process and how that's changed here of late a little bit. And, you know, really what it stems from is a conversation with Charlie Weingroff. And it seems that a lot of these aha moments with me start with talking with Charlie. And it stems from the idea that, you know, the, the possibility that, the utilization of specific means may have helped decrease this uptick that we've seen 
and Achilles tendon ruptures. And, you know, dealing in basketball, you, you've seen that quite a bit, and we've seen that actually be on an uptick probably longer than most sports, um, unfortunately. You know, you saw Kevin Durant, and then, you know, now Clay Thompson, you know, these guys that have had these issues. But then taking a step back even more and looking at it and, and discussing the idea of building resiliency in that tissue, uh, does that then help us increase the base of the pyramid, if you may, in our general physical preparation phase, right? If we're looking at the Achilles tendon and we're looking at, at ways to help improve resilience and improve strength and improve durability of that tissue, would that then help us improve the outputs that we have in our extensive jumps and then help us there improve our intensive jumps, right? Because we know the involvement of that tissue in these different movements and these different exercises. So if we're using these general means and we're building these progressions to help improve the resiliency and the tolerance of that tissue, then that also should help us with the other things that we're pretty sure um, not just help with the resiliency of the tissue, but have transfer over to jumping, sprinting, and change of direction. But that's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about today is actually understanding what your why is in your training program and what your why is to the direction that you're trying to go. And I think all too often when we look at our training programs, we talk about, you know, like when they're young kids and we can do all this general stuff that we're going to get adaptations that are going to help improve sport form. We're going to talk about all the things that we do are general in nature. But we don't have a specific why as to what's driving our training. You know, Anthony Donskoff has talked quite a bit about how your training program basically is a hypothesis that you're trying to disprove and you're trying to find better ways to, to make things happen. But I feel all too often we don't have that question that we're trying to answer, right? So what this did is this made us come back and look at, as you've seen on our Instagram, if you follow us, you know, our 1 by 20, and this will be version of what we're calling like 5.1 or 2 at this point with the changes. And really look at our progressions and look at how we're moving from week to week to week, step by step, in order to look at these tissues and look at how we can prepare these tissues at a better, uh, safer, and more strategically based program, more strategically based progression and looking at it and actually having a why we're doing certain things and why we're moving from this to that to the other because the overarching goal of the program is now more like specific, right? We're not sitting here and just saying, well, we're just having a strength phase because that strength phase, we don't know if that's going to help us deter the issues and help increase the tissue quality of the specific tissues that we know we need to work on based on having a more global view in the world of sport altogether. So having this why has helped us with a few things. Because when you have an actual why and you have your direction, and you have your goals, and you make them known, you can have legitimate conversations with people and truly audit every aspect of your program. And that's what's been most important and most interesting to me is having these specific whys and talking with our sports med practitioner, talking with other strength and conditioning coaches we have on staff, and now reaching out to other coaches across the country, people who 
have different viewpoints and utilize different methodologies of training, but still understand what we're trying to do. Now they can see that we have a specific why, a specific goal, and a specific step-by-step with every part of the progression. So we're not sitting there now and saying, we just want to do cute exercises because they're rad for hip mobility. Hip mobility is important, right? If your hip moves better, you can hopefully deter back pain. If your hip functions at a greater level, you can hopefully decrease knee pain. You know, like things like that we understand. But we're not just putting in these exercises to work on these broad, all-encompassing situations. What we're doing is we have our why, which is hopefully going to lead to us to be able to improve our SPP phase later. So we still have, in our hierarchy of building this program, we still have where we think we need to get to, what we need to do, and things that are going to help us improve sport form. And we know that we need to progress to those things. We also know that there are underlying tissues that need to be improved, whether it be their resilience, strength, you know, dexterity, all of those things. So we're looking to improve those. And now, how can we build from the ground up in order to improve that? And I think that this is something that a lot of us struggle with because there's the whole FOMO thing. When you look on Instagram or you look on social media and there's all of these neat different exercises that people are doing that may not fit in what you're, you're trying to do. But when you can now sit back and say, listen, there are specific aspects of the sporting world or this sport or this team or this individual where they have problems. How can we progress and regress off of different situations to build so that they're able to then be able to handle higher loads at greater intensities, greater volumes, and greater amplitudes later. But if we just sit there and say, okay, everybody has to squat, or nobody squats, we all need to do single leg exercises, or we have these certain buckets of things that we're going to do just because, instead of having your question you're trying to answer, your hypothesis you're trying to prove or disprove, or your actual direction of what is the specific end goal of what you're doing, then yes, everything is completely general. And yes, nothing is going to transfer over to performance. And yes, we are just monitoring a weightlifting. So I think taking that step back has really helped open my eyes and it's helped me allow myself to be more vulnerable because I can tell people this is exactly what I'm seeing. This is exactly where we think we need to go. This is the progression that we're hoping helps increase what we are trying to improve. What do you think? Tear it apart. Am I off like Samsonite or am I in the right direction? Where are some changes? What are things that you would choose? Where are some regressions that you see with that? And how can we be better? Because at the end of the day, if all you're doing is sitting there and trying to answer it yourself, you're going to give yourself the same answers all the time. Be willing to let your guard down and have other people audit your program. The biggest takeaway for me is that having more eyes on it is going to lead to better decisions. But we'd love to hear how you're doing it and things that you've taken away and better questions that you're asking as well. And as always, I truly appreciate everything y'all do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. See you then.